Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Today, we will be talking with Emily Jorgensen, founder of the Grace Upon Grace Project. Emily believes the three most beautiful traits a human can possess are grace, rawness, and vulnerability. When people possess these traits, and if they're willing to do the hard work of leaning in, feeling uncomfortable, and owning their stories, they can find their true purpose. When Emily took her own advice, she came to the realization that her purpose was to serve others while giving grace. She created the Grace Upon Grace Project and is committed to provide underserved families and infants in Northern Colorado the basic necessities to live and grow with grace and dignity while addressing the roots of social inequities. The Grace Upon Grace Project provides basic necessities to families in the Northern Colorado area in order to help women and children live and grow with grace and dignity by currently providing diapers, wipes, and disposable feminine products. I am super excited to have everyone meet this wonderful woman, Emily Jorgensen. So I just met her, I don't know how many months ago, um, when we were doing our Unbreakable event. And I remember like this, what you're gonna share with us today, wasn't even formed yet, right? No, okay. it was oh still in the gosh. process. So. Oh my gosh, so Very exciting. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into your organization, I I always like to ask this question, but I want to know more about who you are and what sparks your interest in just giving back. Okay. Um, I am originally from Michigan, and um, but call Colorado home now. I have been out here um, about 10 years, and... I love it here. It's something that is part of me now. And I spent some time in the mountains and then went to grad school for um, my master's in math curriculum and instruction. So spent some time giving back in that sense of being a teacher. After we moved up north from Denver and started a family, teaching was no longer something that was part of me. Um, I really wanted to be home with my kids. And through all of that, I was volunteering with a dog rescue. And so giving back has always been something that has been a part of me and a part of my family growing up. And so it was something that I wanted to continue to do. With the dog rescue, I was able to give back to um, the community and the dogs. And then it just kind of grew into wanting to do something more that was a little bit more personal to to me and and something that could help more of the the, the women and individuals in the community. So, so did you do a lot of volunteer work? You said you kind of grew up with it. Mm-hmm. Did you do a lot of volunteer work? Did your family do that when you were growing up? We always went and served breakfast at one of the um, local homeless shelters. It was something we did once a week with my family. Wow. Um, and it was normally my mom and I, and then we would always t- I would always take a friend with us. Okay. And so that was something that was really important. And then just being around my mom, who was always helping other people, no matter what it was, she would find a way to to give back to other families in need. And so it was just instilled in me growing up and I want to continue to instill that in my family and my daughter and my son. 
And so I think that starting my own nonprofit allows me to leave that legacy behind for them and hopefully they'll continue on with it somehow. Absolutely. Okay. So you have one son and one daughter. Yes. And then do you know what you're having? We do not. Yeah. (laughs) One on the way that's coming in May. We don't know what we're having. We're going to keep it a surprise. Okay. We have a boy and a girl, and so we're really happy. Really no, nope, we did don't you know care. with your first two? Yeah, we did okay, find did. out with both of them. We're just really excited and happy and healthy is all we can hope for awesome. now. So okay, so then when you moved to Northern Colorado, you ha- are, were starting your family, mm-hmm. and how did you get? So share with us what the Grace Upon Grace project is, and. How did you get this idea? Like, where did it stem from? Because you, you know, you moved up here, you're working with dogs <laughs> I know. and you had a family. So then how did that all, you know, come together here? Um, so it started when the hurricanes hit in Texas in 2017. There was some posts floating around on Facebook about how the Texas diaper bank accepts um, open diapers. And as a, a new mom, my daughter was only eight months old at the time. I was like, oh, I have diapers. She's outgrown. I'm going to package them up and send them down. And I'm like, no, let's go bigger. Let's reach out to the neighborhood moms. In my head, I'm like, I'm just going to fill a few boxes and send them down there to the diaper bank to help these families who at that point had lost everything. So I actually texted my husband and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And he's like, have you thought about it? And I'm like, what do you mean? And his comment was, it's going to be really expensive to send things down. And so I like backtracked quick and took my post off Facebook and he called me back. He's like, where'd your post go? I was going to share it. Well, I took it down because I didn't think he wanted me to do it. And he goes, that's not what I was saying. I was just saying, let's think about it and how we can actually make it work. And so I put it back up and I had like numerous parent, like moms and, you know, individuals saying, I've got stuff. I'll drop them off. Can you pick them up? And all of a sudden, like I had my whole like front hallway was full of diapers. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And wow. then my husband had this great idea of changing it and going even bigger. And we filled a semi, he called it filled the truck. Um, and we were trying to fill a truck then all of a sudden to send products down to these families and individuals who lost everything. And so we kind of added, um, not only were we going to do diapers and wipes, but we also added, um, period products because they're the main things that are not, um, donated, but always in need. And so a lot of the shelters, are they don't have those products to hand out to people. So we collected products for probably about two and a half months and an overwhelming amount of support from the community. And we partnered with Support the Girls and then um, the, the Texas Diaper Bank. And we shipped down a truckload of diapers, wipes, and period products. Wow. Wait. Um, so did so, somebody drive the yeah, truck down there? So, yeah. So my husband's family owns Jorgensen Laboratories, and it's um, a veterinarian supply company. And so they had access to a truck, and then someone to transport the products down for us. Wow. And so Jorgensen Laboratories actually covered the shipping costs to get all of the products down there. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Something that was super small and local all of a sudden just turned into this really amazing event. And it just stuck with me over, you know, that little bit of time. Life continued to move on after the event or after the um, hurricanes, obviously. And my life continued, and we had a son, and then – It was always in the back of my mind, though, that I wanted to do something more. And if there was people after the hurricanes that were struggling, we also have those people struggling within our community. So after having my son, I took a trip to Greece six weeks after having him. 
I was not prepared for a period. I was con- didn't think I would start my period when we were traveling. I took a few products like I always do just in my makeup bag when we travel. Two days before we came home, um, I started my period. And we were on a cruise and I was mortified. <laughs> so I was rationing my period products that I had, but also didn't know where to go get things at different ports. So as we'd be shopping around, I'd be looking for things, but I couldn't find anything. Really? Yeah. And so, but I was also like, I didn't know who to ask and I didn't know how to ask. It's a very taboo topic, I feel like still in today's society. We don't talk about having our period. It's something that is like frowned upon, even though it's part of our biology, we can't change it. We were running through the airport to, to catch our plane because flights were delayed and I knew I was on my last tampon and um, it failed. And so I was running through the airport. I had light colored yoga pants on and I was mortified. I remember standing, waiting for the train to get to the next flight. And I was like crossing my, like squeezing my legs together so tightly. I was like shaking so nobody could see. And I'm like, okay, I just have to get to the plane. I just have to get there and I'll figure it out. Thankfully in my carry-on, I had an extra pair of leggings. So I got to the airplane, got into the bathroom It was so hot (laughs) in this tiny airplane bathroom. And I started to try to clean up with paper towel. It was just, it was horrible. I don't know if it was like my hormones that got the best of me. And I just caught myself in the mirror, like sobbing because all of my dignity at that point was gone. I had no tampons. I didn't want to ask anybody. And I had a nine hour flight home. And then we had a layover in Newark, New Jersey that night. So for the next nine hours, I used a makeshift pad out of paper towels. And every hour I set my alarm on my phone. We all know periods after a child are relentless. I would go like go to the bathroom, roll up some more toilet or paper towel. And um, that was every nine hours until we landed. When we got to the airport, I was hoping that something would be open. Nothing was open because oh it was gosh. late. So then I'm like, okay, just get to the hotel. There has to be something at our hotel. I walk in and my heart sunk because there wasn't, <laughs> there was not like a, a general store or anything. So I'm like, okay, muster up the courage, ask the people behind the front desk if they have anything. Thankfully they did. But for 20, like I bought enough products for about 24 hours and I spent $40 because wow. it was so expensive. Oh my goodness. I was thankful I had the money to buy it though. And thankfully I could go up to the bathroom and take a shower and wash everything off and just start fresh. everybody, this is Adrian from Feminist Hot Dog, and I want you to join me and my awesome guests as we put the fun in feminism. It's true. On Feminist Hot Dog, we explore all the ways feminism makes the world a better place, no matter who you are. So come hang out on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Mountain on NoCo FM, and don't forget, love yourself and love your buns. See you on Wednesday. Hi there, my name is Kevcat, and I am the host of NoCo Gadio, airing Fridays at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you like what you're hearing, please consider becoming a member of our Patreon. Your support is vital to keeping us on air and growing this awesome community. Find out more at noco.fm.
after that though, I sat and I thought, truly thought, what do people use when they don't have access to anything? And I started doing some research and started looking into everything and it's a problem everywhere. It's called period poverty. One in eight women struggle to buy period products every month. Really? Mm-hmm. So in the U.S. or? Yes, in the U.S. In the yes. U.S.? Yes. Really? Yeah. So something that is taboo, we don't talk about it. And then you add on this idea of not having money to buy your products. Your period comes every month, whether you have tampons or pads or anything. Um, if you don't have them, it still comes. And you are still forced to figure out a way to go about your daily life, whether it's go to work, go to school, raise your family, <laughs> figure out something so you can continue to support your family. When it comes to, you know, like having to go to work, you still have to go. Right. So at that point, I got on the plane the next day and I was with my mother-in-law actually. And I looked at her and I said, I'm going to do something. And she's like, all right. <laughs> so was it just you and her? Or? Um, so I was with my, then my two sister-in-laws. Yep. Okay. So it was the four of us that went oh, and I was able, actually my, one of my sister-in-laws had a couple, couple tampons, thankfully to help <laughs> support on that, that cruise. We came home and I just remember looking at my husband and I just said, I'm doing something about this. Like I have to. And at that point, from there on, I did some research and tried to figure out what resources there were in our area. And there's not a lot that provide um, these particular items for families or individuals. And Grace Upon Grace Project was born. Wow. (laughs) Um, Born in our basement (laughs) with two crazy kids running around. We have hit the ground running to try to make a change in our community and raise awareness and um, provide people products during their most vulnerable times when they need help. So I've got a lot of questions. Yeah. I'm like, my <laughs> mouth know, is just like, like wide open. There's a lot like, there. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that story. So how long ago then What was it until you launched? Um, so we officially became a 501c3 in October of this of 2019. Okay. Um, so very new. I had an amazing husband who supported me and said, if this is what, if this is your dream, then we're going to do it and we're going to make it happen. Awesome. I had a lot of people who were like, there's no need for it. And I don't think this is going to work. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there are those people who doubt, (laughs) Uh but I also had a lot of people who encouraged me and pushed me to do this. It's something now that I couldn't be more proud of. (laughs) It's like my little baby that I'm like carrying with me and watching grow. And I have some amazing people alongside of me, helping me bring it to life. Wow. Well, I mean, just the whole story itself and what it took You know, if you never went through that, Mm -hmm. I don't even know if this would have happened. I don't think so either, because I think um, certain parts of our lives, our purpose is revealed to us. Um, It's interjected. And I think from even when I started with the dog rescue and I was learning about giving back to the community, it was interjecting itself there. And then it just kind of as we did the fill the truck event. And then as I like experienced rationing my period products, that's when I was like, my purpose is here. I know what it is. Oh my gosh. Wow. So tell me a little bit more about, I know that you, you know, collect the diapers, the wipes, the feminine, feminine products. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you do it? Where do you get your, the word out? Right. And then, you know, I also want to know, how do you find the people to give it to? Everything takes place out of our basement. (laughs) We are collecting um, 
diapers, wipes, and period products to just distribute to anybody who needs it. No questions asked. A lot of services require um, families or individuals to sit through an intake meeting or to provide proof that they're in need. Well, I struggle with that. I think they're doing great things um, and giving back to the community, but I struggle because maybe one month you don't need help because you're living paycheck to paycheck and you can make ends meet. Uh, but maybe the next month something goes wrong and you just can't get those. Like you can't afford that package of diapers for your kiddo or you can't afford those tampons. So you're forced to choose between feeding your family or right. paying the electric bill or these products. So through collecting, we rely on donations from the community. We have had a lot of people deliver them to our front door. I've had a lot of moms also say, I've got an open package. There's only five, but do you want it? And I'm like on her front step within minutes taking it because they're expensive. And so we do accept financial donations, but it's this need is so big and so important that really getting the products is is what's really helpful because sometimes that financial donation it's amazing but it doesn't buy a whole lot really because it's so expensive yeah wow wow i know that you've had some events that mm. I guess the first thing is to get the awareness out, right, of what you're doing. Yes. So talk to you about those events, and then we'll kind of walk the timeline in where the products go. Yeah, definitely. Um, So we use a lot of social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, connecting with different groups on Facebook to connect with those people in need. Or maybe it's a friend of a mom who saw our post, and they just share that information with them. You would be surprised how many people within your own neighborhood are struggling to make ends meet and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And this little bit of help just eases that pain for them. So really, um, social media is our main outlet right now. And then connecting with other local charities um, and nonprofits to help spread the word has been really helpful. Our main partner right now is Loveland's Community Kitchen. They are a place where you can go get a warm meal and have a good conversation. Um, They do breakfast and lunch every day of the week. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays, they provide dinner for people. And so that's who we've been, that's actually who we're partnering with right now, where we can distribute products to individuals. Um, We're trying to connect with some other places in Northern Colorado to, to distribute, but because we're still so small and so new, We're um, trying to grow organically instead of forcing it because we want to make sure that we can truly provide for people. Right, right. Well, and it's interesting because, I mean, I've spoken to like the Foco Cafe and I mean, it just, I don't know if that's the same thing as the place in Loveland, you know, but also not having like some kind of application or vetting process, which I totally understand, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when you're at these places to distribute, are you physically there? Is there like a site that they, I mean, a a cabinet, (laughs) you know, things like that? So we are actually, our first event um, took place on February 4th. So we will show up once a month. Um, Right now that's our max as far as being able to make sure we have enough products to distribute. We will show up at Community Kitchen during their dinner service. So we will be there from 5 to 6.30 with an amazing group of volunteers to distribute products. So I load everything up from my basement (laughs) into three different cars because that's how much stuff we take. We unload and we set up in the Community Kitchen. It's a 
a place where no vetting required. You literally just walk in and if you want a meal, you can have a meal. And that's what I love about it. Wow. And so we took over hmm, probably five tables and we lay everything out and our volunteers will walk you down the table and get you the products you need. We provide about three days worth of diapers and wipes for families or individuals. And then we provide about enough period products to last a cycle for for an individual. Okay. Okay. So. Um, How do people find you if they don't go to the Loveland um, kitchen? So, oh, that's that's a tough question. Because it's hard for me to determine and say yes to some families and no to other families, Um, We ask that anybody who wants to receive our products to please come to one of those events. And they will take place the first Tuesday of every month at Loveland's Community Kitchen. They are, it's like 4th and Garfield, right in downtown Loveland. That's awesome. So not only can they come in and get the products they need, they can also stay for a meal. So I saw on your website that you have some crazy statistics in just being able to start this in October. So, you know, whenever you updated this last, tell me a little bit more about what you've collected so far. Yeah. So um, within about the first two months of really launching, um, we have collected 6,529 diapers, um, 8,830 wipes, and then 4,752 period products. Wow. That's only a couple months. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then I have to ask this next question because I'm always curious. I'm just curious by nature. Did you ever see it? And do you ever see it now going past Northern Colorado? I would love to. (laughs) I think we all have these really big dreams. I think one of the most important things that we can do is give back to people. My big dream for like Northern Colorado would be to have a brick and mortar location for people to come into. And then I would love for it to um, like stem off and then have other locations, whether within Colorado or other states, mm-hmm. um, where people can get the same services. That's awesome. Yeah. So just an idea. So for example, <laughs> the reason why I asked you is, I don't know if you've heard of Zanta uh, International. So they are a group that they make uh, birthing kits and then they send oh. it overseas to, the, to you know, countries mm-hmm. that actually they don't have that kind of yes. stuff, right? So it's kind of along the same lines and it's, it's a women's group that mm-hmm. they go into the schools and they, they teach kids or teenagers, high schools, right? High schoolers, and even some boys. So that's why I don't want to say it's a women thing because sometimes boys are making these birthing kits, right? Mm -hmm. And so it might be something that's super interesting to kind of pair up to to an organization that already has this national part, but maybe one of the things is collecting the items that you Mm -hmm. need, you know, and if you did have that brick and mortar type of place to kind of filter it there, and then you are able to disseminate it as well. Um, which is kind of cool because it's yes. about it's kind of the same thing. They're doing it internationally. Mm-hmm. But again, like I'm shocked and I don't know if my listeners are shocked how much it's needed in the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Well, it's, it is really a worldwide problem. This idea of periods being taboo and women who they use rags that they find during their periods. And I actually just met with a amazing young lady by the name of Nikki, who um, she's in the process of starting her own nonprofit. She works with an orphanage over in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And after we, t- after we talked, she actually went and reached out to the, the gentleman who runs the orphanage and says, 
what do your girls use? And he said they use rags and they use whatever they can find. And so one thing that she's vowed to do is to send him money every month to provide, you know, period products for for those girls. So it's not only just a problem here in the U.S., you're right. right. It is a worldwide problem. Well, and it's not even like what you said. It's not even really the money. So even if she sends the money, are there products there? They're expensive. Right, (laughs) that that, that money will go towards. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, is it like what we have here in the U.S. too? Yeah, so that's something I'm not 100% familiar with. I do know that she is sending money to him to buy the products. The problem um, that we run into is when we try to send products, it gets expensive. And so by sending money, they can get more products if they have access to those, to the products. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, I sent a box (laughs) of clothes, just of used clothes to Kenya, and it was so expensive. It was one small little like apple size Mm -hmm. box, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And then it was confiscated when it got there. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like they didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to give it to the guy. And yeah, it was just – It's heartbreaking. Well, it is plus – you don't even know where that's going to go either, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that makes sense more about the financial donation that way, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's – I mean, there's definitely a need all over, you know, and when you think about these need for diapers. and I mean, diapers are so expensive, and there's something that they have to be used every yeah. day. Yeah. On average, a box of diapers runs about $30. And I know from my two kids, we probably spend 60 to $80 a month just on diapers wow. alone. Wow. Yeah. So, so tell me more about any types of upcoming fundraisers, opportunities that people can get get involved. You know, is there anything kind of on the calendar for this year that's going to take you through the year um, that you have planned anyway? Yeah. So, like I said, the first Tuesday of every month, we have our we call market days where individuals or families can come get the products they need at Loveland's Community Kitchen. We also have some things in the works for um, some different drives and then awareness event um, with Toast in Windsor. Not officially on the books yet, but we're working on it. Okay. <laughs> right now, um, one of our big drives is actually we're partnering with Teaching Tree out of Loveland and Fort Collins. Um, that's where my daughter goes. And so they are competing to see which location can raise the most uh, or collect the most diapers and wipes. So that's one of our big drives happening in February. And then we've got some other local businesses that have been kind enough to allow us to leave a box at their location over the next few months as well for people to to drop items off at. Okay. And those are listed on our website if people are looking for a drop location. We can do that at our office. I'm like, hey, that's so easy to do. Yeah. That would be amazing. That's super easy to do. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about this after because that's super easy. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's see. Okay. So upcoming, you know, fundraisers, events Mm -hmm. that people can get involved in, um, opportunities, Volunteers are always welcome. So what's really neat about what we do, I think, is that donations that come in can be opened packages of diapers or open boxes of tampons or pads. Because what we do is we will actually open them all up and repackage them. Okay. Um, so we actually rubber band them into packages of 12. And then the period products, because they the individual gets um, 15 period products. So we sort those into groups of five and put them in bags or rubber band them together. So we have little meetings in my basement (laughs) where we do all of this repackaging. 
So we're able to then distribute items. So if anybody's interested, um, it's very casual. My kids are normally running around, but we just sit and repackage um, and organize everything because like I said, it's all in our basement. And then if anyone wants to volunteer for a market day, um, they can find the volunteer release form on our website. We just ask them to fill that out. If anyone's interested in hosting a diaper drive or a period products drive, we have some paperwork online too that can kind of walk you through that process. Oh, very but cool. I'm also available too to help help with any questions. Okay. And I know that it's only been a few months, but are you <laughs> seeing a trend as far as, um, how, well, how many times have you been kind of at the Loveland Community kitchen. Just once. Okay. Yeah. So there's not, not yet. No, anyway. We don't have yeah. a trend yet. I'm just no. wondering like, what are your needs monthly that, oh, you know, goodness. which would, but I'm I not too because, sure you know yet. No, yeah. I don't. We're so new. And I think it's, of course there was a, that cold snowstorm the night, the day before. And so I think that kept a lot of people in, right. but I, it's amazing when people reach out to me and they ask, I mean, it, the needs there, it will be really great if we can get like, um, some other locations for doing a market day. But I think it is too soon to see like how much we actually need each month. Right, right. Okay. I know you have a website yes. that we're going to list in the show notes as well as Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. What is your, I mean, it sounds like you'll, you would take anybody that could give up their time, you know, mm-hmm. financial donation um, or donations of any products at all. I'm a little concerned about your basement, just like, like, like not, not that you're having in your basement. I think it's awesome. Like, I think that having in your basement grassroots, like awesome, but I'm like, I, don't I know. know. Like, maybe you should say that you vet some of the volunteers that come over to your house. Um, but is there any other, I mean, cause I feel like once this goes out and as you get to have more of these awarenesses, maybe like a, maybe like at the library, you can probably rent out some space that's for free, but then you'd have to like take stuff back and forth. So I get it. Yeah. But yeah. We, oh goodness. Yeah. I, What's your question? <laughs> I don't think I had a question. I was just being a concerned mother, thinking, hmm, I'm wondering if I should um, say that. She yeah, asked no. people to come over to her house all the time. Um, no, I get that. Yeah, no, I think, because, oh, gosh. I mean, that's I, the only way you could do it. Right now, but, yeah. But so well, far, so, it's your, it's been your friends or people that you've known. We, we've gotten a few new volunteers, but they're through like the We Spot Meetup. Oh, yeah. So like okay. I've met, like we've gotten you some. You know them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's not like I have <laughs> Joe Schmo off the street. Right. They're just like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I could, we could definitely like change this and I can say that we we do local meetups to repackage. We could go that route. Tell yeah. me, do that. No, no. I just, I love it. I actually okay. love that it's out of your basement. I okay. really do. Um, I'm just sitting here going, hmm. Yeah. I hope people don't necessarily call up. But I'm most of the people that want to help out have the best of intentions. Yeah. So it's not to be too concerning yeah. or anything like it's, that. But yeah. Oh, I, I know. know. Nowadays, it's I, just, it's yep. You no. never know who's going right, to show up. Right, right. Um, but no, so that's awesome. Okay. I mean, we are looking for a location if anybody has one <laughs> where we can um, store our products and repackage and distribute and stuff like that. So we are looking yes. for a location so that would in be Loveland. A great ask. Okay, yeah, just <laughs> to have some even um, storage space or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And it could be something that where you know you meet there too, yeah. which could start your brick and mortar at yes. some point. But yeah. you just never know. So. Yeah. So we're looking. I haven't pushed really hard yet because we're still pretty small yeah. and we don't have a huge financial 
cushion to able to be able to pay rent or anything like that. But if someone was willing to donate a space where we could store and then like repackage and potentially distribute from in downtown Loveland or another location in Northern Colorado that makes sense to distribute our products. That's something that we are always open to because that again is I have like little goals and then like obviously my big goal. But one of my little goals is to to really find a place that we can call home yeah. besides my basement. <laughs> yeah, but this is so, so incredible though, because I've been watching, you know, ever since we've met yeah. and I know you didn't have this, you know, on your radar at all, unless you did a little bit maybe. Yeah. But it's like to watch it grow and take off and I know it's still new, but it's so incredible to hear the story from from the beginning and to watch because I just see how getting the awareness out is going to help people really hone in on there's all these needs that we have that we that people can see and whether or not you're going to make this huge impact right away or whether it helps that one person or that one family or whatever it is you know this is this is the way and this is the reason why we're entrepreneurs and you know we have nonprofit organizations and and how people get started and so I love knowing that you know, you weren't doing this very long, you know, and I love knowing that you're just making it work, however you're going to make it work. Um, you probably have some lofty goals too, do. you know, yeah. which is great. Like you have to have them too, but it's just, you know what? You just went with it, yeah. right? Yeah. So is there anything else that you want to share about the Grace Upon Grace project that we haven't talked about at all? No, I just really want people to know that there is a need for these items out there, whether you go through a nonprofit like myself or another nonprofit or simply put some extra diapers or period products in your car. And when you see people out and about who might need them, just ask. You never know who's hurting and who needs that help. And so I think we all have this ability to give grace to others no matter where they're at in their life. And some days it's harder than others, but we have it in us. And I think that's really important to yeah. to give that grace and dignity back to people during their vulnerable times. Awesome. So I love it. And and so I've I've got one more question for yeah. you. So what might be one piece of advice that you can share with my listeners about just making the world a better place? Oh man. Show up for people. Show up. Um that is one of my biggest things is that our world is so busy and chaotic. Sometimes we forget how important that human connection is and put down your phone, set some time aside, whether it's for a friend, a family member, a complete stranger, whatever it is, show up and just be there for them. Yeah. That's it. And I love that too. I love it. Was it something, and I'm just, again, I'm curious yeah. <laughs> because I love that saying and, and I say it all the time too, but it's because people showed up for me and then I've turned around and said, oh my gosh, like how, how much that meant to me. I'm going to show somebody else that this was, mm -hmm. you know, this is who I am and I'm going to show up for you. So was it something that somebody did for you or was it something that you did for somebody else? And you're like, oh my gosh, what a difference that made when I was focused in on that person and it mm -hmm. wasn't about me and it wasn't about anybody else, but just looking up from what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I think growing up, my mom has always been like someone who's been there for me no matter what. And so that connection and her showing up for me um, really showed me that showing up for others is important. And after moving to Windsor, 
Um, I met some amazing mom friends who showed up for me. In turn, I was able to show up for them. And so now I just know that like when you really can like connect with somebody and be there for them during their struggles, it's like this feeling. I can't even explain this feeling because you walk away just knowing that you've made a difference. And I think that's so important because we get so caught up in the next thing and and becoming the best and, and moving on to practice or, you know, whatever it is with kids or life that if we can just slow down and look up, like you said, and connect with people, Mm -hmm. we can make a world of difference. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World and thank you NOCO FM for supporting this show. If you haven't heard, NOCO FM is dedicated to bring diverse voices and spotlighting a unique culture to Fort Collins and beyond. For more information, please visit www.noco.fm. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This has been a production of NOCO FM.